Hello and welcome to another installment of the podcast formerly known as Winprovisation, also currently known as Winprovisation. I'm your host, Win Evans, and if you are new to the program and you're wondering what the heck is going on, Winprovisation is a conversation podcast, a spontaneous conversation podcast, meaning nothing is pre-planned and we kind of just go with the flow, so to speak. Uh, The kicker is, before we begin our conversation, my guest and I will engage in 10 minutes of silent eye contact, eye-gazing meditation. You might know it as staring the pants off of somebody is another technical term for it. And that opens up some interesting avenues of connection and conversation. And then after the 10 minute of eye gazing is up, my guest will roll a die that determines our initial branch of the conversational tree we're about to swing upon. And those conversational branches, i.e. questions, are asked by previous guests on the podcast. So it's a, it's, it's a big, fun time. And my guest this week is improviser and comedian and old college buddy of mine, actually, Mr. Mike Jest. And I will just let our conversation speak for itself. I thought it was a lovely one. A lot of good good stuff in there. So without further ado, here is Mike, Jel- Mike Jelst. <laughs> yeah, Mike Jelst is, makes an appearance in there briefly. Mike Jest and myself. Enjoy. What is that, six? Yeah. Six. Mmm. What's something that you're into or passionate about that not everyone is? Well... Comedy's the easy answer. <laughs> Not everyone is passionate about comedy. Sure, we can go yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, passionate about... And, and maybe, I'm sure even within the comedy community, there are aspects that I'm passionate about that other people aren't. Hmm, yeah, go into that. That's interesting. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'll think out loud rather than trying to articulate in my head yeah go go um i'm directing a sketch show and one thing i really care about is sort of the something being valuable dramatically as well as comedically Mm. Mm. so it's as a shorthand like the first page of a sketch should function should be something that's interesting to watch without being comedic before it's comedic mm. uh, and then the comedy is richer and more meaningful for that sure cool an example i use is this is in a different sense but when snl does family feud that works because people watch family feud Mm. Even when there's there aren't jokes, mm-hmm. that's an interesting format. Before you put on the celebrity impressions and what you know, how crazy Steve Harvey. Is. Right, right, yeah. This it's the idea of like absurdity for absurdity's sake. Isn't that rewarding? Yeah. But if absurdity has its own consistent logic, that's really interesting to watch. Yeah, exactly. Like a. Like you build a little world with rules of its own, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah, that's like, you know, yeah, creating a world in which things operate differently than in the real world. But it's in that world, it's totally relevant, and people play by that that those boundaries and in the confines of that realm. Yeah, I love it. It's like it's like stepping into like an alternate reality yeah that's what's fun about it it's like oh we get to look at like this parallel dimension where like everyone wears clown wigs and no one talks (laughs) about it because it's totally just like that's 
the culture yeah. is that everyone wears clown wigs and doesn't talk about it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a silly example, but yeah. it could be just like a little a little thing that's off that, and everything else is similar to our world, so you can kind of relate to it, but at the same time, we're like the things that are interesting and they're very like they pop out more in the in the context of like normalcy yeah my friend said he had a professor who would ask the question what does the surreal element in this work give us access to Mm. so the clown wig you so not clown wigs for clown wig's sake but how does uh putting your characters in clown wigs allow you to get at a truth that you might not be able to in a grounded you know quote-unquote realistic scene right yeah that's awesome yeah yeah how about you do i ask it back to you yeah if you want (laughs) yeah if you're feeling called to Yeah. yeah um something i'm into that not everyone is hmm oh i guess one of the the things that i am extremely passionate about that i don't think everyone is is ending suffering um yeah i don't give a shit yeah i mean on on all levels you know as a human being like you 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 see harm in the world and you you want to make the world a better place i think that's kind of an intrinsic uh kind of hierarchy of needs for for human beings but as soon as i like discovered spirituality or the concept of enlightenment or all that stuff i just like completely dove into it like a thousand percent partly mostly because i was suffering so deeply i I wanted to figure out what the hell was going on and but then it just became like a a very uh a driving force in my life of i want to if if there is an end to suffering let me find it and then share it uh, mm-hmm. and and learn as much as I can to help bring about that from some standpoints impossible reality from the reality of certain levels of consciousness like there's always going to be suffering and even to strive towards the end of suffering is seen as kind of like a fool's errand uh, but st- striving is the problem striving is I mean well that's the thing yeah striving towards the end of suffering is itself a manifestation of the suffering right, mindset right, right. um but actually truly discovering that there is there is a a possibility of of living this life occupy pieing this body without unnecessary suffering that's that's very real believe it or not and i i'm very passionate about like standing as an example of someone who i wouldn't say like never suffers ever i can you can only really claim the end of suffering in each moment like i can say at this moment there's no suffering present but that could change in the future and I, i'm just pa- passionate about bringing forth that state of consciousness mm-hmm. and comedy too yeah I, I, that's <laughs> another thing i mean comedy in a sense is contributing to the end of suffering because why do we appreciate really engaging performers because they're embodying a lightness and a playfulness and a joy that uh people in their you know everyday lives may not have access to and that's why they they gravitate towards comedy oh that's really interesting i don't know if i'd thought of it like as like a comedic mindset is is like an example you're setting it yeah it totally is though there's something like a childlike joy Mm -hmm. that a comedian is expressing right and people and people who are like oh man i wish i could get up there and do what you do like what they're saying is i wish i was more connected with myself i wish i was embodying more of a childlike state of consciousness where you know the rule, the only rules are the ones we make up in the moment, and right. we get to make believe and and use our imagination to feel, right. you know, gain access to certain states and emotions. And, and yeah. there's something maybe about escaping fear, or you know, mm-hmm. yeah. fearless. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, comedy, I have a lot of 
you know, I'm sure you've had this experience too, being a comedian. People come up to you and are like, man, you must be so like fearless. You're so brave to do that. And I personally never experienced it as bravery. It was just, for me, being on an improv stage was just very, it felt very natural. It didn't, mm -hmm. it felt like, uh, I remember in college, people would come up to me and be like, I can't believe like you do, you get up there and do all that crazy stuff. And I would always be thinking like, I can't believe like you're confident in your everyday life because <laughs> I am super uncomfortable like on the grand stage right. of life. Right. It's only on the improv stage that I actually gave myself permission to be free and to say what was on my mind and, and you know, share, share that like joyful state of consciousness wholeheartedly. Yeah. And then, and then I, over time I realized that's like... The improv stage is like training wheels for the grander stage in a certain sense. Yeah. And it, it is for a lot of people. I feel like people who are into improvisation are often very sensitive, very um, shy, withdrawn, insecure people. And that stage gives them an opportunity to really shine and express themselves more fully. Yeah. These training wheels, I, I can't quite think of the the word I wanted, but almost like a, almost like a simulation, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. of that it's like a like you would do a flight simulator to become a pilot. Yes, that there's no risk. It's a uh, it's a similar similar reality, but without some of the consequences. Of, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's less. There's less real life, like, you know, if you jumped off a building, you'd splat on the pavement, but you can improvise jumping off a building, and there's, it's make-believe, right. so right, it's going right, to be right. fine. Or even improvise, you know, telling someone you love them. Yeah, 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 yeah. you can practice. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, I like that. It's a simulation. It's like a flight simulator. And another way of thinking of it is, um, it's like a microcosm mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. Like imp Im the improvisational moment on stage. I, I think that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 like um, a fractal mm. of Yeah, exactly, yeah. Real reality. And I, I've had that thought about like uh, psychedelic trips. Mm. That it's it feels like a micro like there's a, you're separating out a portion of your life and it it becomes representative somehow of the rest of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Well, I mean, they call it a, a trip for a reason. It's a journey and life, the whole, all of life is a journey, but it's very much like when you're on a psychedelic, you have no choice, but to kind of go with the flow because right. your consciousness is not in a place where it can be controlled anymore. And like telling a story, you know, there's a, there's a beginning and an end to it. Mm -hmm. And in a, there's a beginning and an end to a scene. Like there's a beginning and an end to a trip. There's, it's, you're delineating You're you know, you're sort of artificially or chemically in, in mm -hmm. that case, but yeah, separating out a portion of your life that you can then examine and to maybe learn more about the whole thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Everything everything can be representative of of, of something larger yeah. and greater and everything you can you can extract meaning from the small moments and that somehow informs your choices in you know, so-called nor normal waking reality. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Also, I was I'm, I listened to another podcast of yours mm -hmm. that where you talked about the silence that we do at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was interested about your what your experience of it was this time. Sure. Um, often, it's it's rather intense at the beginning, and I didn't really get that this time from you. I feel like we were able to drop in really quickly. Um, and I don't know if that you felt that same way too, but it felt like, oh yeah, we're here. This is, this is fine. This, 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 is, I could do this for like an hour and there wouldn't be much strain or uncomfortableness. I don't know if that was yeah. your experience too. It, it felt like it went very quickly for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, 
I'm a fairly regular meditator, so I was sort of doing that, like maybe using your eyes as like a focal point, but trying sure. to trying to meditate through that time. Right. Um, and then I was did during it was sometimes getting lost in in thought, and then was wondering is when aware of when I'm here, when I am when I'm doing a good job of being here with him, and when I'm not. Mm. Probably not. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, mostly what runs through my head for for the most part uh, when I'm doing these things is just like very affirming, like positive phrases. Like a lot of the times it's just like, this time it was, it was very much like everything is being held everything that needs to be said is going to be said like there's a, there's a, a sense of like safety and just this stream of like affirmative like almost mantras kind of like psychically go through and that yeah. was my experience so it wasn't I, I, I guess that process was I was so engaged in that that I didn't have time to notice whether you were lost in thought or here or not yeah. here because it was just like this stream of like this is it. We're here together. Oh my goodness! It's so wonderful to be with you. Like all these, yeah. all these positive things flowing through. What kept, what yeah. kept coming up for me was uh, that song where it's like "L is for the way you look at me." That was just stuck in my head. That's awesome. And I kept, I kept uh, like playing it in my head. And <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, the Alex Fisher podcast. Uh, she mentioned that she heard. I am the walrus playing in her yeah. head the whole time, which is all about I am you and you are me. <laughs> and it was so funny because like the affirmative phrases that going through my mind at that time were like, we are you, I am you, you are me. Like we were like tuned yeah. into the same like yeah. radio dial of consciousness. Yeah. Well, it's weird when that happens. That <laughs> was for the way you look at me. You are looking at me. You, you are the only one I see. <laughs> v is very extraordinary. We were talking about extraordinary. But. There we go. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, interesting what, what comes through when yeah. people like intentionally like link up consciousnesses. Yeah. Another little microcosm. Mm-hmm. That yeah, minutes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And... Like in a good improv scene, like like you said, often the time dilates mm-hmm. and it goes by very quickly. Like yeah. that's the mark to me of like I really just had an amazing set. Is if I cannot remember what happened necessarily, yeah. I just remember the feeling tone of like what transpired, and I, I I leave the the set like imbued with that energy. But I don't. I yeah. really have to focus on like oh right yeah I was at the saloon and I played the you know the gambler yeah. who turned the table over and that was a great scene but it it's like the the more the most important thing to carry away is just like how you felt throughout the show mm-hmm. and and how other people in your ensemble felt yeah the time dilation is interesting i i think it works both ways sometimes sometimes it feels like almost like slow motion that you have like an or at least to me like an ad like things are taking almost what do I mean things are uh, slowing down for you so yes. you can appreciate and uh, and react to them more fully than you usually get to yeah yeah, yeah. it does go both ways sometimes uh, it's like sometimes it feels like 50 minutes but it's only been 2 minutes and sometimes it's like oh that was 10 minutes I felt like 30 seconds yeah very interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even maybe sometimes I'm thinking of improv most, but my experience of it when I look back in the moment was of a slower progression of time, and then at the end of the set, it still feels like it flew by. Mmm, yeah. Interesting. A yeah. simultaneous slowing down and speeding up. What is yeah. that? That movie, Big Fish. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? Where he, no. He, uh, Ewan McGregor sees the love of his life, and he goes, they tell you that when 
you see the love of your lifetime slows down and he's walking through this circus and everyone is in slow motion mm-hmm. and he goes but what they don't tell you is after that it speed it has to catch up mm. <laughs> so he like approaches her and then times fast forwards and she's gone mm. so maybe that <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't seen big fish i'll put that on my my watch it's pretty good but you like it yeah yeah hmm what else what other i haven't seen a good movie in a while have you seen anything uh, lately um well what okay i'm seeing parasite oh tonight, yeah which um, is supposed to be great yeah one of my classmates works at uh one a movie theater and says that one's been killing it in yeah. the box office yeah i've heard great things i can't remember the last movie i saw i really liked I see a lot of... I don't go to that many movies. I see a lot of Marvel stuff with my little brother. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw the last Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) In the theaters. I guess I I tend to watch TV Mm -hmm. at at home. Any any good TV shows? Um, I watched The Politician... The on Netflix, politician. which I really enjoyed. Who's in that? Uh, ben Platt, who's friends with our friend Natalie Margolin. Oh, no way. Yeah. Fun. Um, Shout out to Natalie. We love you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. It's sort of, um, it's the same guy who did Glee. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Which I also watched the first couple seasons of but i think this is better <laughs> nice upgraded yeah. yeah i really enjoy it. it feels uh my mom watched it too and i was saying to her that it feels like almost like a guilty pleasure because it's sort of campy but mm-hmm. it's very well done yeah a little camp camp is good in yeah. a while it's like it's like cake yeah you know you don't want it every day but right, but the let spot. them eat cake yeah let them eat cake yeah that's good stuff I've been watching this show on Netflix called Girls Incarcerated. Wow. And it sounds like it'd be very exploitative and like, oh my God, look at these girls in prison. But it's actually very heartwarming and uplifting. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And seeing like these girls who have been labeled, you know, bad and are in in a cage you know because they've been acting out and and seeing how sweet they are and and how misunderstood they are and how they really had no other option but to be exactly where they're at because of you know circumstances outside of their control yeah and it it kind of made me want to like volunteer at a prison because it's such meaningful interactions you have like definitely challenging because you know there's a lot of uh negative energy associated with with being in a prison but it's like your job as a as a, an employee of a prison is to see like the the unfulfilled potential in everybody and to to show them that they matter and and it's not yeah. their fault that they're in the situation they're in they are just they got dealt a certain hand of circumstantial genetic cards that got them to this poker table yeah sam harris has a quote that's uh if we could understand evil at a causal level it would be a species of mental illness yeah Yeah. yes that there's not a huge difference between the guy who has a brain tumor an observable brain tumor that makes him kill himself and someone whose depression and anxiety lead them down a similar you know lead them to rob a grocery store right right evil definitely exists on a relative level but if you trace it back to the big bang it it's it it's not actually a like a solid yeah. tangible thing that you can find in the bodies of like oh those are some evil molecules yeah that guy's gonna be evil like, no that that guy is acting out in evil ways because of traumatic experiences that yeah. he had no choice but to go through 
Yeah. And this is not to say to to like condone evil, but it's it's to shed light on the root of evil and uproot the judgments around evil behavior instead of constantly separating ourselves from evil people. Yeah. Evil might even I mean antisocial, however you wanna Right. Say, yeah. My favorite replacement for evil is immaturity. Yeah, well, I, that's interesting because I was just thinking it's mo- most easily observable in kids. Mm-hmm. That you can see when they're acting out, quote unquote, it's uh, like there's pain behind it. Yes. And yeah. And acting, I think it was actually Jet Eveleth said pain is never a primary emotion. Yeah. She, Shout she, out to Jed. Yeah, she's an incredible improviser. Yes, she um, is. Um, and I think that you, it's easier to see in kids maybe because it's a microcosm in that we feel detached from their experience and also they're not as great a threat to us as an adult behaving yeah. that way would be. Yes. So our own fear is, is uh, less of a player in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it... Up, certainly applies to adults as well that when that they're not in control or you know that their pain is leading them down that road not their you know it's not a conscious decision in, in mm-hmm. many ways yeah it's like when you see a kid smack his friend with a Fisher Price plate mm-hmm. like it's like oh okay yeah he he uh was in some pain. He didn't know how to process it, so he had to let someone else know, hey, this is what's going on with me. Smack. Yeah. Yeah. And then the exact same tendency operates in someone shooting a gun and killing another human being. It's just that the Fisher-Price plate has turned into a more sophisticated, deadly toy. Yeah. But it's the same underlying energy. Yeah. It's like you think if the giver of pain can't be feeling pain. It's, you know what I mean? That's, I think, from both sides. The person with the gun thinks, if I'm in charge of the pain, doling out the pain, I will have escaped it. Right. I will I have control of the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it doesn't It doesn't work. Cause it, no. Because it's <laughs> the only way to get rid of pain is to abandon all efforts to get rid of it and actually just face it because it has a gift for you that you are not open to receiving right yeah surrender Mm -hmm. that's that seems i mean that's definitely an element of spirituality it seems to me the most helpful or uh actionable one is like to humble yourself to surrender to something something other than yourself yeah yeah surrender is putting aside all of your beliefs that tell you that the current moment that you're experiencing is not the moment that you should be experiencing Mm. it's it's a humility in saying even if I don't like what I'm experiencing right now, perhaps there's a greater purpose for it. And if I can, you know, temporarily or permanently set aside my beliefs about what should be happening, I can actually receive what is happening in a more honest way. Even if it's painful, even if it's not my biological preference. And then... You're no longer a surrendered state of consciousness. You're no longer trying to escape from yourself. And you're no longer picking and choosing uh, what experience you think you need to be having. Because it's very clear from your direct experience, this is the experience you need to be having. The one you're having is the one you need to be having. It sounds obvious, but we don't live that way a lot of the time. Yeah. And... There's a few things in that were interesting to me, but the I wonder is there a way to like surrender or acceptance of the moment that doesn't involve a greater purpose? You know what I mean? That hmm. would allow for the possibility that things are truly random, or you know, not or random isn't even the right word because there is cause and effect, but 
not that not the that the moment doesn't have to be right for you to accept. You know what I mean? That you it doesn't it doesn't have to be you don't have to buy into the idea that things are preordained right to to not quarrel with what is. Yeah, I think I think I I I am picking up what you're putting down. It's like surrender can also be the acceptance that life is inherently a blank canvas. Mm. There is no intrinsic meaning to any moment other than the meaning that we imbue it with. Yeah, uh, that helps me. Yeah, that right that that should what what should be happening that every moment has equal value so it's mm-hmm. not that this is the most perfect or it is in the sense that every moment has equal value no yes. matter what the contextual experience right. is yeah right and in a, a moment of like agonizing suffering and a moment of supreme bliss don't mean anything mm. they don't mean anything other than what you say they mean that's where our power to create our reality comes from. Mm. Like the, the, the idea of, you know, the law of attraction is like, I can create my reality. It's very misunderstood. I was talking with a friend about, about, um, like manifestation Mm -hmm. and the, the, the misconception is that we create what happens. We don't create what happens. We create what this moment means mm. that's where our authority is we we don't have i mean you can have experiences where you have a thought and then it magically like appears in your life but that's not you doing that that's just what was always meant to happen in your mind is like letting you know by the way like something's going to happen it's not you didn't create that but and ultimately that you know calling things in that you don't currently have is not the path to peace what the path to peace is imbuing creating the meaning of this moment and giving yourself the most beneficial like interpretation of whatever is happening because that's where you have complete authority you don't have authority over what comes and goes but you do have complete authority uh in what it means to you Mm. yeah we don't manifest outcomes, we manifest meaning. Right. That make, no, that makes sense. Because if you try to manifest outcomes, like, it may work, it may not, and it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, like, you can manifest a new car and still be miserable on the inside because you haven't decided that the current moment that you're abiding in is a moment of peace or joy or whatever, whatever you want to imbue it with. Like that that's where your creator seat is. It's not in I think about helicopters and all of a sudden people are offering me helicopter rides. Like that's an interesting experience that you can have, but it's not necessary. Yeah. It's it, not not necessarily relevant to your spiritual awakening either. Right. That's I also remember uh I don't know where this is from, but um something i read about comedy said that human beings have the comedic instinct because they can recognize the difference between how things are and how they should be Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. so i don't know how i mean there's a lot of the same language there like how we what should be happening versus what is Mm -hmm. that that's also how we're that maybe what what's comedic is our conception of that we have a conception of should yeah yeah, yeah that whole should concept is very interesting and it's helpful too to a certain extent yeah you know like the idea like all people should have roofs over their heads and clothes on their back and enough food to eat and a community to help them thrive like that's a helpful like vision of the society we all want to live in i think the the dysfunction sets in when that should becomes more important to you than what is actually true in this moment right so it's like if they could just accept that the cowbell player is gonna (laughs) 
be be more demonstrative than you than usual. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, well, he we, shouldn't be doing that, and that's funny to us. Like, yeah, right, right. Players, it, he like, should be a background. He should. Player. He should not be a like a rock star cowbell right, player. Right. Yeah, and that's what what we laugh at is right. like, oh my god, that shouldn't be. Yeah, that's that's a good way. <laughs> good example. I feel like I cut I cut you off. Do you remember where you were going before? I... Oh no no no. Um, it's all good. Yeah, it's so the the difference between should and what is is huge and it's not to discount our should thoughts because yeah i want to live in a reality where everyone is fed and clothed and is you know is given the tools they need to flourish and yet if that's not true for the planet at this moment that's not something that needs to be happening in reality Mm. what needs to be happening in the reality is that not everyone has a roof over their head not everyone has what they need to thrive and we can deny that and say no but it should be this way it should be this way or we can actually really sink into the fact that in this moment there are millions if not billions of people that are that don't have enough food to eat yeah and we can actually use what is actually true in this moment as a fire and an inspiration to live more fully right now yeah and develop the courage to to start living in a reality in which we are supporting something greater than ourselves and we are taking steps to be inhabiting the world of our should right now though right without denying that in this moment you know shitty things happen right well the if you focus on the gap between what you perceive as an ideal world and the way things are that creates a cognitive dissonance that Mm -hmm. can be overwhelming right and it sounds like what you're saying is rather there's a resonant you can tune into you can be resonant with what is Mm -hmm. and uh and the accepting the pain that exists is a more productive way to heal it than yes. right then right then sort of an intellectual exercise of uh you know of wor- be worrying yourself about the gap that exists mm-hmm. yeah yeah i someone said to me a while back that they did a study that that said something like the happiest people are the people who have the smallest gap between their idealized future self and who they are now. Mm. So that that same kind of the more the more you can be living as the person that you're becoming mm. in this moment, yeah. the happier you are. It sounds paradoxical and a little weird, but that's that's my direct experience is the person you're becoming, the, the person you wish to be, or the person you are in some sense meant to be you know how to yeah the, the person the person you're becoming the person you're born to be that is not physically here but energetically is utterly okay. here like in your imagination like imagine your most like shining radiant self in your mind's eye and notice that your body has a certain feeling tone as soon as you envision that yeah. And that's that's the kind of closing the gap is noticing that this whenever you call to mind this like radiant idealized version of yourself that actually activates emotions in your body now. And so you yeah. can start living from that place of your future self but without waiting for you to become it because you're too busy just resonating with that energy oh, wow. if that makes sense. No, yeah, I kind of love that. Yeah. Like, the feeling of what would of your like the most realized version of yourself mm-hmm. or if you were the most yourself great <laughs> I, I remember i was uh i don't know what i was at a grocery store or something and it's like it feels it's mildly embarrassing but i had like a sort of like a rush of joy where i was like oh it's gonna be so nice when i like meet the like the love of my life or whatever that yeah. is i was like Oh, I, it felt like that. Like I had tuned into like already having accomplished it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, it, and it's a, it was a strange moment. Uh, 
but I think about it sort of often like yeah like the acceptance that that was in the future and that it will be yeah nice right <laughs> like the, the yeah the physical reality where you meet your soulmate that's in the future but yeah. the energy of it is omnipresent now and you can tap into it yeah. and ironically the more you tap into the energy of the soulmate experience now without waiting for it to manifest in the future the faster that that experience will you will accelerate towards it because it's kind of like you're resonating with that future yeah without resistance although that's tough for me that like that idea of it's sort of i'm like so which is it is it that things are like preordained you know what i mean or can you really speed it up or uh, yeah you know what i mean it's like a matter of perspective yeah yeah, yeah. because from is it more that that will you know what i mean like what's wh- where's is the chicken or the egg situation mm-hmm. it's like are you more tuned into that because it's closer to the time when it will happen and so life is preparing you life is preparing you in some way or can you prepare yourself and bring about happiness sooner yeah Yeah. i think it's a it's a it's a both and situation and you're gonna have the experience of i'm accelerating this reality and at the same time you step back and you realize that acceleration and my choice to actualize that reality was actually what was always meant to happen Mm. and it's it yeah the the like the the seeming tension between like predestination and free will yeah it's like you're gonna have an experience where it seems like you're making a choice and then you can also step back and see that that was the only choice that could possibly have been made given the Mm -hmm. given circumstances of the universe yeah and yeah ultimately it's like even getting caught into the philosophy of it is like a distraction you you really oh i think uh my apartment is getting a showing today oh. when improvisation welcomes uh my uh landlord <laughs> and i was just talking before the podcast about how uh someone might yeah yes. someone might be coming in and we won't edit it out we will not edit it out <laughs> beautiful wow yeah so i guess he's got he's showing yeah. his my son hello yeah come on in yeah, go for it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I was saying he's probably showing my soulmate the apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your soulmate just walked in. Yeah. Soulmate. Interesting <laughs> interesting uh, concept that it I... It is. Prob- and pro- and I think why it feels embarrassing is probably not helpful. I mean, probably not... a a uh, probably not a real thing mm. and uh, probably not a helpful way lens to view the world that there is one person and everyone else is sort of filler <laughs> yeah 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 for me the soulmate experience is not there's one person uh, who you absolutely like like that's the only person who you can experience unconditional love with mm-hmm. it's more like the soulmate experience is that you realize that everyone is your soulmate in the moment that you're experiencing life with them and perhaps there are people who can like reflect back your own version of unconditional love the most clearly mm-hmm. and you could call that like a traditional soulmate but my experience is yes come on in yeah, go for it. We're doing a little podcast. Welcome to Winprovisation. Yeah. yeah, no worries. We love guests on Winprovisation. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, feel free to take a look. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, where were where, where were we? <laughs> soulmates. We're talking about soulmates. Yeah, no no interruption is possible on Winprovisation. You're perfect. Um yeah, because I do, I get this this intuition that I am destined to make a commitment to one person, mm-hmm. and that's going to be like an incredible adventure. Yeah. But 
I have the same sense. Yeah. Which, you know, where does that come from? But Yeah, who, who knows? Um, but at the same time, like, I'm not waiting for that relationship to give meaning to my life. I am, I am, I am encountering mm. the soulmate in everyone I meet to the best of my ability mm. and really just radiating unconditional love and acceptance and welcoming to everyone I meet uh, without insisting that the soulmate means like this is the body that I have sex with or this is the you know body that is in close proximity to my body and this is the body that I say things to and they say things back to me and we watch TV and Netflix like that's that's where the, it gets a little like the whole soulmate concept gets a little muddled yeah. it's like that's that's not what it is it's, it's more of like there's soulmate energy that you can Embody, yeah, and then eventually, yeah, you might encounter that one person who really like lights you up in a way that no other human being does, and you do the same for him or her or them, mm-hmm. covering all the all the bases there. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it, yeah, Zims are <laughs> there's a ton of them. I can't keep track of them all, so I apologize if I. I do uh do not know your pronoun yeah that's that's interesting that's that's a nice way to to think of it and again it's that cause and effect once you start radiating that you will be more open to everyone and maybe you can recognize the person be more equipped to recognize that person right 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 yeah and it's interesting too because when when I kind of like stepped into the reality of okay there's no there may be one person out there that I'm meant to be with mm-hmm. but for in the meantime like everyone's my soulmate you get I get I've gotten a lot of opportunities to kind of see where my boundary is where people actually want to be more intimate with me than I feel comfortable with mm-hmm. and I I can I can actually draw a very gentle line in the sand and say, I'm not resonating with you on that level. I love you unconditionally. And part of that is respecting my intuition that says we're not meant to be lovers or, mm. you know, we're not meant to go on dates or whatever it may be. And, and, and having like, and that's something that used to really throw me for a loop. Like I used to be the kind of, guy like if any woman showed interest in me i no matter what i felt about them i would be like oh i have to like them because they like me and so we have to i have to like accommodate their desire for me and guess what (laughs) that ends in a lot of heartbreak and pain because you're not honoring how you actually feel and what you actually feel is always telling you if you're right for that person or not. And, you know, like all of my like one night stand experiences were very like emotionally traumatic for me because it was always a case of this person wants me mm-hmm. and whether or not I want them, like all of a sudden I want them because they want me. And then in the aftermath of that, it's just very painful and emotionally messy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I, <laughs> That sounds familiar to me as well. Yeah, that phenomenon. Yeah, Yeah, because we're very open-hearted and we want, like, oh my God, that person likes me. Like, I should like them back to make them feel comfortable with with that desire. But it's actually ultimately a disservice because it's saying to them, like, uh, I'm not right for you, but you think that I'm right for you. So I'm going to pretend to be right for you. Yeah. And it doesn't work. But thinking about the other side of that, there, I mean, I think what makes me f- makes it emotionally traumatic or makes it feel bad to me mm. is thinking about that other person's experience who likes you and has some hope for for oh, yeah. the relationship and, um, yeah, that like makes my heart hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, yeah. like there's like a deep guilt to not being able to. Right. And then also to like, when you do have something like a one night stand, or you 
you give them some sort of validation or you or mm. um is that even worth you know are you are you prolonging and you know prolonging deepening contextualizing specifying their pain by by giving that 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 type of experience does that create like more uncertainty in them and um like what's your responsibility there to um you know how do you like how do you best love that person and um how can you be honest without hurting you know what when's the right way to right. how and when should you be honest right well i mean honesty is not a guarantee that the other person won't be hurt right be but honesty is a guarantee that the hurt that they experience will be honored mm. in a certain way and and recognizing that when we're being honest, we're not causing people to be hurt. We're actually showing people the hurt that's already in them, the hurt of false expectations, mm. the, the, the hurt of projecting themselves into an illusory future that isn't going to happen. So honesty ultimately is a, a, a supreme kindness and recognizing that in being completely honest, they might really not like it yeah their personality structure might really actually resent you for being honest and speaking your truth and like well why can't you be with me because i want that but it's it's like well i i could be with you but then our relationship would be starting off on an inauthentic note and that's a disservice to you yeah i want you to be with a lover or partner that lights you up and you light them up a hundred percent and they're a thousand percent over the moon excited to be with you that's what you deserve so when you're saying honestly i'm really not feeling that we have a future together it it could be interpreted by their ego as rejection but what you're actually doing is you're picking them up with the claw machine of your mind and you're turning them in the direction of someone who loves them in the way that you cannot mm. someone who's more right for them yeah hard to do though man like i i yes. definitely i'm stepping into this and it's like yes. you know w- women are contacting me and saying like i i'm feeling a yes and i want to go out with you and i'm uh, my intuition is saying like this is not going to work and it's just receiving that and being respectful and not being like get away from me like blah blah you know like there's no aggression but it's like a no thank no but thank you and i appreciate that you were put yourself out there and yeah this might sting a little bit and it's it ultimately it's 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 i love you so much i'm not willing to have you settle for something that isn't ultimately completely mutually uplifting yeah i guess i would i started thinking about sort of playing that out from if i was in the position of of uh having feeling for someone who couldn't feel the same who you know doesn't couldn't feel the same way well how would i want them to behave towards me mm. and i th- i think you're right that right. that at least you know at least in this moment of detachment from a situation like that this microcosm right, yeah right i can say yes i would want i would want them to let me know what their that their intuition was saying there wasn't a future i would i would want them to you know let me off the hook right away yeah yeah, yeah or, definitely you know, yeah even if it would sting, it might very well right, be disappointing right. as hell. Right. And there's complicating factors, you know. I mean, people, you can. There's validity to not know, not being sure, not knowing exactly what you want, thinking, oh, maybe, you mm, know. And but yeah, but here's the thing: though, a lot of that is yeah. it, a maybe is a no. <laughs> it's either fuck yes, let's do this, or it's a no. Yeah. And that clarifies things, right? Like, if it's like, 
oh, I'm 85% excited, but 15%, like, I'm, I don't know if this is, like, it's a no. You're mm. not getting an, an enthusiastic, intuitive yes from the pos- the prospect of being with this person. And you just have to have the willingness and the courage to trust that. Because when we, when we are not, when we're not careful or when we're not precise with our choice and we say a yes to what is a maybe, which is actually a no, then things get muddled and, and we're not clearing space for the authentic yes. Hmm. Like my experience is that I'm getting all these opportunities to say no thank you to kind of clear space for recognizing when that yes is really palpable and obvious. But I have to, you know, go through some experiences of cultivating the courage and authenticity to say no thank you before I can say hell yes. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. It also made me think like, oh boy. I need to have the courage to know that maybes are no's, you know, to yeah, like, yeah. it's hard yeah. we, because we want to give everyone a chance. Yeah. We, we want to, to, in, you know, include everyone in, in, in their, in our experience. But, yeah. but the maybe that's, 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 and there's, that's a sign that it's not really going to be the best option. Yeah. Mm. And we deserve that. All of us deserve that authentic, enthusiastic yes. Yeah. And it's just our um, our social conditioning has kind of enculturated us into saying yes when it's a maybe or a no. Right. You know. Well, you know, I, yeah, I think you're right. I had someone. I mean, I not. I was gonna say made a. Comp- case i found compelling i didn't really even find it that compelling but uh that you date someone to figure out if you like them and yeah i don't know about that i don't know about that either i mean i mean in theory it sounds okay right that you might but in practice i have never had the experience where I was, I don't know. I mean, I guess people can surprise you, but yeah. but it doesn't feel like. I'm trying to think of of a time when 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 my sort of initial instinct about my compatibility with a person was wrong, hmm. in a romantic sense. I mean, maybe I don't know. Now that I'm talking that out, maybe it is true, but. I don't know. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's what I what that brings up for me. It's like I feel like you go on a date with someone to figure out whether you're compatible could be translated as you you go on a date to figure out whether they this person can give you things that you're not willing to give yourself. If that makes sense. It's like because that's what you are looking for yeah when you when you're trying to figure out if someone is going to be good for you against your intuition you're trying to see like what you can get from them not what you can give oh, to them oh okay i see what you're saying you know what i mean Where they you're can... like oh like maybe they have stuff for me that i that i am not currently giving myself and i can sip you know, figure that out, and well, because the thing, and the thing is too, the more time you spend with anybody, the more things you'll find out that you appreciate and like about them. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be in like a healthy, intimate yeah. relationship. So what's? I mean, I I think that's that feels right. That you think they have. They can give you something you're not giving yourself. So the alternative is you are you are self sufficient, mm-hmm. but you there's it's uh, <laughs> it's like it's an extra, or it's not it's a it's it's a luxury 
Mm. Not a, yeah. It's like you become entirely self-sufficient. You become your own, like solar power plant mm-hmm. and you generate all of your own power and you give that power away freely because you have a surplus of it and mm-hmm. you're giving it to other power plants and and, then, and in fact the the transfer of your power to others is produces the power mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and then once you are just so uh at one with comfortable with being your own source of power yeah. then all of a sudden someone else who's a fully actualized power plant who you know you are super attractive attracted to and they're super attracted to you you can both mutually be self-actualized power plants but dancing together in Mm. complete empowerment as opposed to like typical romantic relationships are like half power people sucking power from each other yeah and that's why it feels so unfulfilling is because true fulfillment is becoming your own power plant and then meeting others who are also their own power plant. Yeah. It, it's, it, I think fear comes in because that seems like a high standard. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I, I have to figure out all my shit and then meet someone who's also like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we have, to, you know, I don't know if we have to be all the way down the road or, you know, we, I don't know if we have to be enlightened to find a love that is true and meaningful but certainly it's 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 a relationship that functions more like that Mm -hmm. than yes yeah perfection we don't need perfection because i think that is that's part of that soulmate thing that's that feels unhealthy to me it's like the idea of perfect or you know that Mm -hmm. uh, because that's a that's like a false projection of you know like the idea of perfection is um, something that's perfect wouldn't be perfect in a way you could conceive of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, perfection is not a conceptual understanding that we can arrive at. Perfection is more like this moment before you have a thought about it. Wow, that was an hour. That flew by. That's yeah. awesome. Um, cool. Well. Thank you for coming on the show, Mike. Yeah, awesome, thanks dude. for having me. Um, is there anything <coughs> you would... I always give a little space at the end for you to say final thoughts. If you want to put your social media out there, <laughs> any projects you're working on, like this is your little platform to say what's going on. Yeah. Um, I'll plug stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> plug, plug into the power plant. Um, please, if you are a fan of improv, I'm on uh, three teams these days. I'm on Great Lakes Activity Center at CIC. Uh, check out the website. We perform different nights. I'm on Comet at I.O. every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. And my son Daniel performs at Laugh Out Loud and I.O. And also, I'm in... This will probably won't come out for this one. I'm directing a sketch show. Uh, that for opening night is November 9th, Saturday at 10, and it will run uh, every that Saturday and every following Saturday in November. And that's going to be great. I would love if Dope. people came. Yeah. Yeah, so hit up those shows. Mike is a very talented and funny improviser and uh, always a joy to watch. So uh, please uh, let him enrich your life. Um... So that about does it for this episode. Um, Thanks again, Mike, for being on the show. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks or so. Peace out, everybody. All right, that will do it for Windprovisation episode 10, featuring the effervescent Mike Jest. I hope you enjoyed the program, and if you did, please head on over to your favorite podcast app and like, rate, subscribe, comment, I don't know what you do, just do something. Tell a friend about the podcast if you're enjoying the conversations, that would be awesome. Uh, And if you want to check out more of what I'm up to, you can always head on over to www.winevans.com where you'll find some blog posts, some music. Other, other fun stuff. Past episodes of this podcast, if you want to check those out. 
they're all there for you. All right, everybody, until we meet again, may your days be illuminated with the silence of pure being. And I hope you, you, eat, you need eat a nice hot dog or vegan tofu curry or something, if that's whatever. Just have, have a beautiful day is what I'm trying to say. All right. Take care.